Welcome to Recovery of My Inner Child. My name is Kwan Saluja. Our first reading comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go, and the topic is healthy sexuality. Many areas of her life need healing. One important part of her life is her sexuality. I'm going to pause right there. That was something that was absolutely discounted um, growing up in childhood and given like a very confused message. And uh, so it's really kind of reaffirming, reassuring, um, you know, to read the part and just realize that, you know, this is a very important part. You know, uh, it's always about education, 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 and, you know, making sure, you know, the qualifier was happy. Um, she's trying to be subtle here. So, uh, yeah, just one important part of her life is her sexuality. Our feelings and beliefs about our sexuality, our ability to nurture, cherish, and enjoy our sexuality, our ability to respect ourselves sexually, our ability to let go of sexual shame and confusion may all be impaired or confused by our codependency. Wow. Yeah, and it just feels like, you know, part of, you know, writing step four and five is they say that's when you figure out that you became your own perpetrator. And I realize that a lot of these issues of sexual shame are not what I want or what I think or what I explore, but, you know, leftover residue from you know, childhood conditioning. Our sexual energy may be blocked. Or for some of us, sex may be the only way we learn to connect with people. Our sexuality may not be connected to the rest of us. Sex may not be connected to love for others or ourselves. Some of us were sexually abused as children. Some of us may have gotten involved in sexually addictive behaviors, compulsive sexual behaviors that got out of control and produced shame. Some of us have gotten involved in sexual codependency, not paying attention to what we wanted or didn't want sexually. You know, kind of like it's not even with the other person. It's kind of like, you know, in that culture about, you know, get the right job and and get the right marriage. And it's like, you know, how many people, I wonder, you know, are in marriages that are they're doing it out of codependency? Wow. Anyways, allowing ourselves to get involved sexually because it was what the other person wanted, shutting off our sexuality along with our other feelings, denying ourselves healthy enjoyment of ourselves as sexual beings. Our sexuality is a part of ourselves that deserves healing, attention, and energy. It is part of us that we can allow to become connected to the whole of us. It is a part of us that we can stop being ashamed of. It is okay and healthy to allow our sexual energy to open up and become healed. It is connected to our creativity and to our heart. Wow, it is okay and healthy to allow our sexual energy to open up and become healed. It is connected to our creativity and to our heart. We do not have to allow our sexual energy to control our relationships or us. We can establish and maintain healthy, appropriate boundaries around our sexuality. We can discover what that means in our life. We can enjoy the gift of being human beings who have been given the gift of sexual energy without abusing or discounting that gift. Today, I will begin to integrate my sexuality into the rest of my personality. God, help me let go of my fears and shame around my sexuality. Show me the issues I need to face concerning my sexuality. Help me open myself to healing in that area of my life. Wow, that was really powerful. Um, The next reading comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go, and the topic is the magic of gratitude and acceptance. Gratitude and acceptance are two magic tricks available to us in recovery. No matter who we are, where we are, or what we have, 
gratitude and acceptance work. That's really interesting. No matter who we are, where we are, or what we have, gratitude and acceptance works. We may eventually become so happy that we realize our present circumstances are good, or we master our present circumstances and then move forward into the next set of circumstances. You know, and I think one of the things, I don't know where this thought come from, but if I'm happy, that's weak. And if I'm weak, I'm going to get complacent. If I'm complacent, I'm not going to, you know, strive and do all that kind of stuff. And what's funny is at the core of everything as the things that we did as a child were, were about love, you know, and without gratitude and acceptance, that love gets buried underneath all those resentments and fears and harms. Back to the reading. If we become stuck, miserable, feeling trapped and hopeless, try gratitude and acceptance. If we have tried unsuccessfully to alter our present circumstances and have begun to feel like we're beating our head against a brick wall, try gratitude and acceptance. If we feel like all is dark and the night will never end, try gratitude and acceptance. If we feel scared and uncertain, try gratitude and acceptance. If we've tried everything else and nothing seems to work, try gratitude and acceptance. If we've been fighting something, try gratitude and acceptance. When all else fails, go back to the basics. You know, I heard that a lot. I didn't know the, ba- the basics was gratitude and acceptance. Gratitude and acceptance work. Today, God, help me let go of my resistance. Help me know the pain of a circumstance will stop hurting so much if I accept it. I will practice the basics of gratitude and acceptance in my life and for all my present circumstances, all of them. Now we move to ACA, strengthening my recovery, and the reading is self-sabotage. By keeping the focus on ourselves, we will find freedom from our critical self as well as our addictive and destructive behaviors. This is very true. I think when you just kind of concentrate on the present moment, on the next task, rather than outcomes, rather than how someone might act, um, there's some freedom there from the criticism. And I guess it's hard to have flow without criticism and vice versa. Many of us learn to victimize ourselves with self-destructive behaviors. We were taught to devalue ourselves early on and had to join in on our own victimization as a way to survive. Unfortunately, the survival mechanisms we learned in order to cope hurt us just as deeply now as they did in the past, maybe even more so. Why? Because as adults, we feel we should be able to change things at will. But without the necessary skills and insight, this is almost impossible. I love that. Skills and insight. In ACA, we learned that no matter when or how our destructive behaviors and thoughts started, we are capable of experiencing new ways of being. But we don't do it alone. We invite our higher power and other ACAs to join us on our healing journey. When we have enough faith in ourselves to move in this direction, we become ready to release our self-destructive behavior. As part of this process, we begin to grieve and heal the losses we've experienced, both because our own actions and the actions of those who raised us. We learn to give ourselves unconditional love and draw upon the energy of other ACAs and our higher power. We embrace this positive support system that can get through our darkest days. On this day, I will release any negative energy so that I'm able to make the changes I want and deserve in my life. Love that part about energy. And the final reading comes from ACA Strengthening My Recovery, and the topic is Trait 13. Alcoholism is a family disease, and we became para-alcoholics, codependent, and took on the characteristics of that disease, even though we did not pick up the drink. We felt like we were stark raving mad. Remember, I interviewed Lisa Romano on Unconventional Thinkers, my other podcast, and she said, uh, you know, when she went to her her, uh, therapist, she said, 
Well, the good news is you're not crazy. You're just codependent. So not crazy. I'm just codependent. We couldn't see what was happening to ourselves because we were so focused on controlling others and feeling their feelings for them. Or maybe we tried to shut others down because we didn't want to see or hear anything about feelings that would make us uncomfortable. It was a never-ending cycle of abandonment of ourselves and our inner child. But we were used to it. We didn't know any better. Then one day, we found ACA. Slowly, we learned to let ourselves be present in the moment. It wasn't easy. We watched as our sponsors and others with more emotional sobriety modeled that, that what change looked like. We soaked it up. It was the best education we had ever had. Better than anything we learned or could have learned in school. We found something that could truly transform the world. And I think that's why, you know, these unprecedented times, the biggest gift for me is to be able to, you know, get an educate, learn something more important than anything I could have learned in school. And to be honest, I've learned what I needed from a professional standpoint in school, you know, a decent while ago. As we let go of our grand grandiosity, we saw that we could change ourselves if we were willing. We finally began to understand and believe that we were powerless over others and the choices they made. It was a great relief. On this day, I will keep my side of the street clean and let others take care of themselves. I will shun attempts to pull me back into that never-ending cycle of dysfunction that I came from. And that concludes today's readings of uh, Recovering from My Inner Child. Until next time, this is Kawan Saluja reminding myself to pause because that's where God is, to love myself, and to feel my feelings.